Okay, we are after Purim, which means that we are before Pesach. Thank you. And every year we make a Pesach review. What we do every year is, is that it becomes a question-oriented class, but I want to give now, there's only two or three weeks. Probably only two weeks. It's okay. Um, oh, you're not Zooming it? No. So we'll have the recording from Yafa, which is fine. Just a quick intro of Hachana Pesach, and then we can make questions and answers now, and then we can have questions on the chat, and that's how we worked in the previous years, and next Tuesday I'll answer all the questions. So let's divide the preparation of Pesach into, into three parts. We have preparing the house, we have kashering the kitchen, I'm sorry about that, Off. And and we have and we have pashut out of Pesach or bedikas chametz out of Pesach and the seder. Okay, one of the big um, topics that Rabbi Shusterman, who's our local Chabad Rav, emphasizes, and it's good to hear this. Many people associate bedikas chametz with the night before the seder. Which is correct. That is when we are obligated to check the house. For most families, it becomes some sort of symbolic bidikas chametz. Literally, it can take 10-15 minutes. But really, the bidikas chametz is beginning now by most Jewish families. by most people. This Sunday was a good beginning, and people work whenever they could. We want to get rid of all the chametz from our home, from all of the locations where chametz might have been brought there throughout the year. People that have young children will know that that means basically everywhere. Basically everywhere. People that have young children. People that have older children, not everywhere, but it's about where in any location in which there's a possibility that chametz was brought throughout the year, you have to get rid of the chametz. Even though there are declarations that we make, boys and men and women are equally obligated in the mitzvahs of Pesach, and most importantly, none of us are allowed to eat chametz. And unlike, let's say, not kosher food, which will barely make its way in the house, we have chametz in our houses. Number two, non-kosher food, if there is some, and it makes its way into the kitchen becomes halachically nullified. Nullification is a very important halachic principle. Nullification is a very good psychological principle. Nullification means that if I have a lot of good in my life, even though there's a little bit of not good in my life, if I were to be a healthy person, which I would hope to be, the little bit of not good becomes nullified. Right? I don't focus on it. Right? Everyone has good, everyone has bad. In the world out there, there's good. In the world out there, there's bad. And uh, sometimes people who need to have a refuah, shalema, baruach, they keep on finding the not good things and they and they can't get enough of it. Moaning and groaning, look at this disaster, look at that disaster. The emesis is that it's a big disaster. But there's so many, so much more good going on as long as we don't take it for granted. Taking things for granted is a terrible illness. But if we're normal people, we understand what we have. We understand what we don't have. For most people, the not good is is almost nullified, which gives us a lot of koyach. Not nullified and therefore don't deal with it. God forbid. 
the nadgut should be made better. But are you coming in like a nebach, like a victim, like God is beating me up, God is picking on me? Or the opposite, you're feeling empowered, that God is blessing my life, look how many brachas I have. And I have to make my effort to make that better. The Rebbe spoke about, in the years that we have two others, that if we have 60 days of joy, it nullifies all of the negativity. Because halachically, the ratio of bittel is 1 in 60. Coming back to halacha. 60 over one year? 60 means that if I have in my pot 60 more meat than milk, because only one drop of milk fell in, bachlal not a problem. Bachlal not a problem. Nothing has to be kashered. You can eat the food. Because the milk became bottle in meat. This is a technical concept. This is a psychological concept. It means if you look at your life and you see a little bit of not good, it becomes nullified. Again, not nullified to ignore it. Make it better. But it, it should not be overwhelming. People that feel overwhelmed because of the not good things that's happening could be they have a lot of not good things. It could be. In most cases, they have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot more good, like, like a million times more. And they have to figure out first how to use the concept of bittel. But coming back to chametz, anything that's not kosher becomes nullified. Ratio 1 and 60. Chametz does not become nullified on Pesach. So if I have a cookie in my kid's drawer, and some of a crumb of that will make its way into a big pot of meat on Pesach, it's all chametz. Which is why people are very um, careful Crazy is not good. I'm very careful in getting rid of the chametz from the house. <clears throat> if people leave it for the last second, it becomes overwhelming and they don't do a good job and it's a lose-lose. If people begin, as most people begin now, it becomes something amazing. It becomes a good experience. If you want to even make a spring cleaning, knock yourself out. You don't have to do it that way. The goal is to find anything that's chametz. We know what that is. We have plenty of chametz liquor foods. You have to go through all of the drawers with kids. You have to go through the toys. People have to go through their pockets. People who, I know men who have pants, they, you know, if they, it's in the bottom of the pants, you have these, whatever you call them, it, it goes up, you have to, cuffs, look in the cuffs. No, it's, it's common sense, wherever it's possible for there to be even a minute amount of chametz, you have to check. Now, I know from by me, I mean, what happens? Normally you attack a certain area on Sunday or whatever it is, and it's cleaned out. Rabbi Shustaman has a very good approach to it. Once an environment is cleaned from chametz, that night, make bedikas chametz. In that room. In that room. It's I'm not saying you have to do it. I'm just giving people. I want to share it because I can say by me, I love my father and I remember bedikas chametz. But what was bedikas chametz? My mother did a lot of work for a month. And then my father would come back from his factory and he would light a candle and he would make a bedika to see what my mother, I mean, <laughs> he would look, he would look. And it was 15 minutes and it was very, it was a very nice moment for the family. But when you think about it, that's not really, really the Bidikas Chametz. The Bidikas Chametz is whoever was in charge of cleaning the house, right? If you're the one cleaning out the room, you're making a Bidikah. That's the Bidikas Chametz. Now, there is a halacha that the final Bidikah has to be done, Aleph, at night, and B, B with a focused light. See, during the day, there's light everywhere. Light everywhere is very good. Light everywhere is not good. Because when there's light everywhere, you're not focused. If, you're, you, if you are in a dark room and someone is shining a flashlight there, you see that a lot better. In the olden days, they had no flashlights, so they used candles. 
Again, I'm just quoting Rabbi Shustam, and I like his approach. Beruchnius, you need a candle. The night of B'dikas Chometz, use a candle and a flashlight. And prior to that, use a flashlight. You're going to look under your bed with a candle? Who does that? You're going to look behind the curtain if you have curtains with a... You're going to set your house on fire? I'm just being practical. No, oh, very good, very good. So, so the bracha is only to be made the night prior. And it doesn't hurt to make this final... We have a minig, we put out the 10 crumbs of bread. But I just want to word it in a certain way. Bedikas Chometz begins whenever, if it's the woman or of the house or the man of the house, however it works by you, it doesn't make a difference. Whoever is Mekabal Achrayis to get the Chometz out of the house, Bedikas Chometz begins then. Halachically, it begins 30 days before Pesach, which works because all of us, most of us, I mean, most of us, before Purim, who's thinking about uh, Pesach? And uh, by me, the moment Purim is over, oh my God, it's Pesach. Oh my God, it's Pesach. And you have to get rid of the Chometz. <coughs> So you go through, you make a plan, you go through systematically, you, whichever whichever environment you clean out, at the end of it, he holds, Rabbi Shustaman holds, make a proper B'dikas Chometz, at night, with a flashlight. You're going to give your cars in to get cleaned, which we have to do, because a car is in an environment in which Chometz goes in. You're Now, you can go to a good car wash, will they get rid of the Chometz? I don't know who is doing the vacuuming, I don't know. You never know. I know by me in the car, I'm very clean. But the other carpooling kids, they are very dirty. My kids are tzaddikim. And they can put the chametz in between the car seats. And how many times did it happen that you stick your hand in there and you find a Danish with a nice green tree because it was from 18 months ago, which is not good. I'm saying a car is a good example of a place where there's chametz found. And you have to make medikas chametz. So what do you do? At some point before Pesach, you give it into a car wash, or if you do it yourself, whatever works, that night make B'dikas Chometz. To know that, you take a you take a flashlight and you look, you make a power up, you, you divide the house down, it becomes, this is really halachically, he's right, how it should be done. I know most people don't do it that way, I like repeating it to get the concept. That means you're doing B'dikas Chometz really from when you're cleaning your house up until Pesach. That's assuming you don't go back to that well, you definitely don't do it, and your kids wouldn't do it, but other people's kids can do it. Right. Correct. So then you make another bedika. I mean, what, what should you do? Okay. The Mishnah speaks about a case. How can you do bedikas chametz? You cleaned out the environment, one room, but there might be a mouse that is going to bring chametz from the other room into this room. So, ain't love safe. Right. Right. The Mishnah doesn't mean a mouse. It means your kid. It doesn't want to insult you. It wasn't your kid. It was a mouse. But that's what I'm saying. So why are you going to do it? It's you have a whole... Your boys learn in yeshiva a whole daf about the, the mice. You have no idea. It's mamash hilarious. But getting older, it's about kids. It's not about mice. But it didn't want to insult anyone. And that's the end of Eilu Dover Saif. Eilu Dover Saif. So you go through your house. You have a system. Like, I know this year, Pesach is going to be Wednesday night. Bidikas right. Chometz night is April 4th, Tuesday night. I can argue that most people that you know, the latest that they're going to kosher the kitchens for Pesach will be Sunday. Right? And you have to make food for the Pesach. It, it, it's absurd, says Rabbi Shustaman, that you are using your kitchen, making food for Pesach, Sunday, Monday, what, and Tuesday night you're making Bidikas Chometz? Like, it, you're doing something nonsensical. There's a, there's a logic. Whenever, if you're going to kasha your, your kitchen after Shabbos, let's say many people will do that. So if you're going to clean it out Matzah Shabbos, at the end of the cleaning it out, 
Even before you take out your Pesach pots, before you do that, close the lights, take a flashlight, and go through. It's not such a big thing. Today we have big kitchens, amen, to everyone, but it's clean. It's much easier to look for it. It's no big deal. You know, the, the cabinets that are, you're not going to use are closed. It doesn't have to take that long. It just it shows the kids that Bidikas Chametz is not a joke. Bidikas Chametz means you finish an environment at night you, with a candle. The night prior, you can make another general uh, Bidikas. Another big halacha, just to repeat because it's common. Many people today are leaving for Pesach. If a person leaves their home within 30 days of Pesach, within 30 days, it's ideal for them to pick one area in their home, even if they're selling it. You don't, you don't have to, You can pick your living room. You can pick a living room, which is relatively easy because, you know, if there's just couches and there's just, you know, not that much stuff, get rid of the chametz and the night prior to your leaving, make bedikas chametz without a bracha. Bracha is only made the night prior. A person who's going to a destination and they're going to be there Tuesday night, the best, then make bedikas chametz with a bracha the night prior. Monday. Tuesday night. This year, Tuesday night is bedikas chametz. If a person is only traveling Wednesday morning, many programs are an hour or two away, then you have to make a bedikas chametz in your house with a bracha in one environment. You know, you're leaving, you're selling your house, make bidikas chametz. This is very common today. So there's one topic of bidikas chametz. If you want to organize the house, good. One thing a person shouldn't do, they shouldn't do overkill on the first bedroom or the first two bedrooms and make a seder and then get burnt out and do very little in the rest. It's about looking for the chametz, whatever works for you. Make sure that from the beginning until the end, you'll have enough koyach to look for the chametz. People are over-exaggerating in this cleaning because really crumbs are not chametz. It's common sense. Something that can make its way into the kitchen, it has to do with how old your kids are. If you've made a good cleaning, if you don't have pieces of danishes or of bread or other chametz sticky things, you're good alpi halacha. And the, the better, the better. The better, the better. I'm saying I'm talking about the pockets and the hems because there, there could be food and people wear the clothing and you go to the seder with a pair of pants that has chametz in the cuffs. You you want to you would you would rather avoid that. So you said, sorry, you said crumbs are not. Crum, crumbs, if they're gonna make their ways into food, is problematic. Right. Crumbs are not gonna make their way into the foods. You're not violating owning a crumb because you're nullifying it also. Right. So don't go. In other words, if a person didn't thoroughly vacuum in one part of the carpet, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We really the concern is we don't want any of the chametz to make its way into the food into the kitchen. That's the Iker concern. Yeah. So when you buy things on Pesach and you have the shopping bags and you bring it and you put it on the kitchen table, that doesn't make sense. Push on Pesach. Something that's coming from the outside. I mean, you're bringing things mamash on the... That's a greater concern. Okay, so that's one parsha. The Bedikas Chometz that for most Jewish people begin from now to make sure that you go through all of the environments and to get rid of the Chometz. Base. Another, just another time. The other big part of getting ready for Pesach is the kashering of the kitchen. Kashering is an interesting topic. It's not related only to Pesach. It's not related only to Pesach. The rules that we have for the rest of the year applies to Pesach with nuance, with tweaks, with some chumras. You know, there's a general theme in halacha called kibaloi kach The way something is absorbed, that's the way it's going to expel it. So it's not just about getting rid of the crumbs in the ki- in the cabinets in the kitchen, which is relatively easier, but there is a certain amount of the taste of the chametz that gets absorbed in the countertop, it gets absorbed in the sink, 
it gets absorbed in the pot, if you're going to use that pot also for Pesach, that you have to kasher it. We kasher our kitchen either with boiling hot water or with fire. For people that can afford, I know that you have today certain people, they might be rough around the edges, the people that I know, they don't, do not have nice uh, bedside manners, I'm not going to say their names, so I'm going to tell you later who that is, but for $75 or for $150, they really know what they're doing and they can really kasher the kitchen thoroughly, including your pots. I'm saying this to people, sometimes that's worth it. Most people, as we are married for more years, we have already a Pesach cabinet, cabinet, and we accumulate from one year to the other, which is good because like this, we don't have to cash your kalim, or at least the majority of the kalim, but you have to cash your rings that you use. Many people cash at the bottom of the candlesticks, even though you can just cover it with tinfoil. I mean, mm-hmm. You have to cash the rings, sure. You have to cash the rings because... Um, you don't challah all the time in the dough, yeah. But just hot water, right? So any, so, so like this. Hot on your rings while it's on your fingers. Very good. So let me respond to that halachically. Uh, by Pesach, we are a little bit machmer. And that is like this, that if, 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 if you had, when you made, watch tamoitzi, right? That's a common thing. A woman will take off her rings and she'll put it on a little place in the kitchen. If it was damp over there, if it was moist there, if a ring is sitting in moisture for 24 hours or more, it's called kavush kimavushal, whatever it was sitting in gets absorbed in it halachically. Yeah, but typically she puts it for a minute, washes her hands, puts it back on her. That's typically for Mrs. Fishman. And then they ask another woman, typically she left her ring and uh, four days later, where's my ring? It's there. You have different typicallys. Everyone is saying, uh, you know. I think the rings are something that you should kasher. People that use bechers, if they're going to be using the same bechers, there are certain items that every Jewish home should be kasher for Pesach. Something that you're wearing on your hand that touched chametz, it doesn't hurt to kasher it, even if you think it didn't absorb any, any, any chametz. How do you kasher a ring? So anything that's going to be kashered through hot water, two steps. Step number one is clean it and don't use it for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Step number two is put it inside, submerged in, submerged in boiling water. So boiling water? Yeah. So there's a pot, and in the pot you have water, and you boil it, and then all of the items that you want to kasher, you put into that pot, and you make sure... When I put too many things in a pot of water, my bechers, it's amazing, will cool down the pot. It will stop boiling. The goal is to make sure that it boils. Yeah, so either you wait more time. I know what my mother always did was is that she would put the rock on the stove. It's very like it's a a bomb almost. And you put all of the things, the pot is already boiling. But then when you throw the stone into the pot, wow. Yeah, I remember as a kid, it's good for chinuch. Then it's like a whole balagan, and then we kashered everything. And then once it boils like that, you remove it with a strainer, and you put it in cold water. You don't have to do that. Many people do that. They put it into cold water. Zachumra. Okay, one second. And the other way of kashering, so there's hot water kashering, and then there is torch kashering. Not on a ring. Most people, not on a ring. <laughs> I would say not on a kitchen. Putting a torch for too little time is worth nothing. And having the fire of the torch too much time will ruin your kitchen. I ruined many people's kitchens, so I know that I don't know how to do it. I don't know how people do it. You hire a person to do it. If you have a self-cleaning oven, you don't have to have a torch. You can kasher everything with water, and the stove itself, you kasher with self-cleaning. There are modern self-cleanings that are not good halachically. We want for the oven to reach temperatures of seven or 800 degrees. That's what we would like. And the modern ovens, I know, don't reach that temperature. They only reach 200. Those banditin, you can laugh. They only reach 200. You make your challah, it's much higher. And they call it self-cleaning. I have 500, 500, 500, is, uh, um, 500 is better, is better than uh, 
it's not it's not good according to the Alter Rebbe, but 500 is probably higher than the temperature you use when you make steak. I don't know, I'm not a big chef, but I'm saying most people don't do anything with 500. They go 450. That's good according to many opinions, but that's not self-cleaning. So it has nothing to do with the taste? It has to do with the taste of the chametz that's absorbed within the oven. We use cleaning supplies and we, then we warm it, and you said 24 hours. It doesn't take away the taste anymore? Um, if not for chametz on Pesach, if not for chametz, which were very machbenin, or on it, it's a good, I want to say it like this, that if a person, let's say, has a uh, um, dishwasher, and the dishwasher is milchiks, mm-hmm. and they put in a fleshik pot, they put in with fleshiks in there, and it was hot, I don't think you have to kasha the dishwasher, because of what you said, because you put soap in there, the soap makes the taste of the meat bad. Halachically, it's pogem the taste of the meat. So it's not the end of the world. For chametz, we are a more machmer. Yes. So for, for chametz, the dishwasher is not... The, for chametz, in the Chabad world, we will not kasher a dishwasher from the year for Pesach. Even though, from treif to kosher, some people will. Some people will do it. That's a Chabad and very black hat. Kippah Sruga is good. You're good. No, it's good to be married to your husband, huh? Perfect. He's not too religious. He's perfect. Okay. So from tree to kosher, I can use the dishwasher. I can tell you that because I wear a black hat. You have to know what to ask. You have to know. Remember that. You have to know what to ask. All my things for Pesach is glass. Glass for for us is very problematic. So for Sfardim it's okay. For Ashkenazim, even the Ashkenazim that are lenient for the rest of the year, by boiling it three times over, will never say it's okay for Pesach. For dishwasher. Glass. Glass Glass is a big problem for Ashkenazim. Big problem. Cannot be kashed for Pesach. So many people, even on their ovens, this is a chumrah, because I don't bake my challah on the glass door, but some people, you'll notice, they're going to cover it with tinfoil. Mm-hmm. Now you oven. know why. Of the oven? Of the oven. Of the oven. But, because but, we can't cash a glass. But it melts if you... You can't put nope. it on the inside of the door. It, so work, it worked by me. Foil melts with 400 degrees. No. Depends no. what foil. You have to get good foil. Brazilian foil, yeah. <laughs> the, the heavy <laughs> Like an ultrasonic. Yeah, with the yeah. Baking soda. Bidi for sure, it's good. Is it lechatchila for Pesach? Probably not. So that's another good question. When you, if the pot that you're using, the kasha or whatever, was not used for 24 hours or more, it doesn't matter what pot you're using. Doesn't matter as long as the pot is clean. So bring it to a boil, put my rings in, leave it in there, and then. I want to ask. I want to ask you back just a technical question. Like every family is different. Are, are there any things that you do Haggalah to before Pesach? No. Uh-huh. Because you have Bechers just for Pesach or... No, we'll buy like a we don't have Got it, got it. Okay, fine. We don't have to wait. Okay, I'm saying this is like a new phenomenon, a relatively new phenomenon. Because in other words, if, if, if there is a home that <coughs> they have one pot, just to cash a few Bechers, then you throw in the rings. In other words, if to go... So one second, let me go. It's ideal to cash the rings. 
if you didn't kasha the rings and you did, that's basically what Aranita is saying. In other words, it, 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 even if it absorbed chametz, yeah. 24 hours passed. Number two, like Mrs. Fishman is saying, you're not going to put it in heat so quick. What I'm saying now is a chumrah on top of a chumrah. I'm not saying the basic of the law. There was a place to be machmer to kasha the rings, and what you're saying is halachically okay. Just bring it to a boil, put it in, leave it yeah. for like a little bit, and then you get the rock, don't forget. I don't know. How old was that? <laughs> you also clean it. You, cl- you clean the, the jewelry. Then I'll put the cleaner after. You're talking about what I'm suggesting? Yeah, I, I would go the other way around. I would do that at the end. Oh. Sure. Because, yeah. That it's clean. Because the cleaning, the, the good thing of the cleaning is, is that if, if, there's a big if, there's a drop of chametz stuck in there. You know, like a wedding ring. Halachically, we're not supposed to have any ornaments on the wedding ring. You can't have any engravements of uh, beauty. But you can have 18 karat gold or plated 14 karat gold, whatever, whatever you got over there, and it's engraved. Something can get stuck in there. I know it's a stretch. So the mile of cleaning is like, at least you clean it. Clean it out. So you clean it first, then you do sure. jewelry cleaning? Because there is a jewelry cleaning. I know, so that she's, she had, that was the question. Jewelry cleaning is a lot better than not jewelry cleaning. I'm saying that Hagola halachically is a step better. How long do you have to put it in the bo- leave it in the boiling water? A, a few, a few seconds, a few wow. seconds. Only thing is, is that when you put a lot of things in a pot, I do one pot of Hagola. I know, I put everything in there and the water stops boiling. Know, yeah. So you have to wait until either it boils up. I don't throw the stones. Oh, I used to throw a stone. Then boom. It makes it hot. Oh, then it, you have to be careful because then the, it, it gives a... I just want to say it's a practical way to do something that's small, like a piece of jewelry. There's a Pyrex measuring cup or cup with... In the microwave, you can boil the water. One, two, three, and then right in front of you, you drop the ring and you... That's glass. But uh, the idea of putting it Pyrex's like glass? Big yeah, Pyrex glass. And is, it, is that a problem if it's a glass thing? Like this. Is it a problem for you? No, because you're Sfardi. Uh. Even though Persians are not Sfardim, but the Persians decide to be Sfardim when it's advantageous to be a Sfardi. <laughs> it's amazing. Sfardim. Um, yeah, for us, we would not do it in glass, correct? Even though during the year, you can, yeah, we would not, for Pesach, we would not use glass. Okay, so maybe we suggest to our husband who have a different set of jewelry for Pesach. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that's right. <laughs> 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 Would it discolor? Is it going huh? to discolor? You know how the beckers come out yellow? Sometimes? You'll find out whether your jewelry is fake or real. That's how you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> if it gets discolored, you're... <laughs> and your husband didn't... Your husband your husband was cheated. He didn't cheat you. Someone cheated him. I guess he'll find out that what he bought was fake. So, so that's what she was saying, being practical. Most people don't have to cash or anything. Everything is disposable. No, what, what would people do today? What do you mean? What could you pass? By pots? I, I, by me, bechers. You have bechers, sentimental. For me, it's sentimental value. I have a becher from my Zayda. You know, I'm going to use it. I use it during silver, the year. Silver, Some silver, a few silver things that you throw in the... You, have an extra, you want an extra one. Some people, they cash at the bottom of the candlesticks. It's just coming. You don't have to do that. You know, it's on the table with chametz. I know cleaning it is the ichor. Some people cover it with tinfoil. Some people cash it. It might have been wet and like a plastic tablecloth if it's sitting in something wet and there was chametz there for 24 hours. Could be it absorbed something. It's... But the thing is, you're not going to take your candlestick and put it in your on your, in your First of all, silver will look... It's going to look beautiful. Yes, yes, I will. Yes, I will. And it's going to look beautiful. It's going to be shining. But you're not going to eat it. 
I know that, but it's un- from under your candlestick. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat a piece of matzah that fell on my candlestick. Let's just speak about before kashering it, which is a chumrah, cleaning it. If something is sitting on your dining room table when you eat chametz, then I think it's common sense. It looks clean, but all you need all you need for chametz is one little drop of chametz that falls onto your plate. Could be it's there. Could be it's there. Really, you have to clean it. So that I like it. I'm happy we're talking about it. It's good to know that it's definitely ideal to have from the many candles that you light Friday night two on the table. Very, very good thing to do. Pick a bullet, have it on the table. Then, and then you can have if you have a lot of other candles, you can light it wherever you like to land it on the table. Yeah. Like, when I take it off and shake it... Got a problem. I know. So, so one solution... Put it on the tray. Oh. Go ahead, talk it on. No, just yeah. a so, okay, this So what people do is, okay. for some people, they don't clean the tablecloth. Or they have a maid that comes in. I'm saying, if, if, you're, if you don't have that... I don't have that. Okay, not yet. So then you, you, ha- you have a tray. You put the two candlesticks on the tray. On the tray, prior to lighting the candles, you put something of significance. A siddur is for us something of significance. Or if it's not a something holy, something of value, like a becher or some other ornament, something that is significant, because the candlesticks are significant, to put a little nothing, to put a disposable knife. But as long as the, as the um, tray is a base, both for muksa and for not muksa, when the candles are lit, you cannot move it. But after the candles go out, Shabbos morning, you are allowed to remove the tray and then put the tray back in. That's what most people do. And if you have more challah, <coughs> sufficient for that? Could be. There's a question it's about it. Than it's than better than nothing. I'm saying put something because the candlesticks depends what kind of candlesticks. I'm saying if a person has a few thousand dollar candlesticks, I think challah is, I don't think. I learned that the order in which you put, if you put the challah on the table before the candles. We're not talking about, we're talking about the tray, not the, not the table. You're talking about can you move the table? It's the same concept. Uh-huh. Isn't, come on, isn't better that if people, they have little kids, and they grab this and that, and they touch the candle? No. So it would not be, it would not be the candle on the table? It's, it's an Indian to light the candlesticks on the table. And clean it. Two candlesticks, no, you can I'm clean talk, I'm talking about during the year. During the year, what's the question? No, to leave it, we leave it on the table. There's the Indian to leave it on the table. To leave it on the table, not not on not on the side on the table. Two many people light all of them, but some people light eighty candles. You light two on the table. You'll get there. You can laugh. You can die. You guys out. You can't breathe. So when you have two on the table, you started doing this here, and then you have the rest of your candles on the sideboard. Which way are you supposed to face when you're making the box? Very good. So what Steri does, she lights all the other candles first. Then the last two is the ones on the table, and then she she does it on the table. Yeah. The ones on the table are the most chashev. And if you and if you have, if you have nice candlesticks, put them on the table. If you don't have, buy. Okay. Okay. It's a, it's an Indian to have nice candlesticks. Can you do it just one week? Are you committed to do it once? You always have to do it on the table. I want to try it. Out. I never did it, but I don't no. want it to be. No. If you do, first of all, if you do something less than three times, it's bachlal, not a commitment. Uh-huh. And second of all, even if you do it three times. If you say kol nidre, which you probably say in Kippur night, it nullifies these types of commitments. 
<laughs> You'll see, there's a ruchni sicker thing of having the candles on the table. Oh, I would not. I would not advise for people to use the same tablecloth for this and that. Even if there's, you gotta get, get another tablecloth. Yeah. I'll be Could be it's good. Why would you do it today? Get get disposable, beautiful tablecloths. Nice so one. use a nice one. You'll pay five dollars. I'll get you a nice no, one for five dollars. Nice uh, but the guy bought it for five dollars. He sold it to you for one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. You can go downtown. You can know the people there. You can get an eye up. Uh, it's it, it, these things get 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 new. Get for Pesach. The first thing, more than a pot, more than a pot. Pot you can cash it. A tablecloth. You can, there's little holes in it and chametz get stuck. Oh yeah, we don't use the tablecloth. Okay, so that's so that's just just the, the topic. So we have cleaning the house. There is halachas of kasher in your kitchen. Products is becoming easier and easier and easier. Ganeda. The only challenge is, is that all of the markets here to make money, mistamadi already begins. You cannot find normal chametz anymore, which is a problem, which is not okay, because it's very expensive. It's crazy. The Pesach food. It's not a mitzvah to make other people wealthy for Pesach, at all. Having a simpler, it's becoming a meshuga, I think. Not not good. Can I ask a question? You can avoid these stores, it's better, yeah. Covering countertops. If you cost your countertops, you don't have to cover it. No, you don't. Some people do it, but you don't have to. Not rational. That, not rational. I can say like this that if you properly kashered it, just to say like this, I have a slab of uh, marble which is kasherable. People think that marble is kasherable, but I have seen many people have beautiful marble countertops, but they're tiles. Oh, yeah. And and that cement, what's that called? The grout, grout is not kasherable. Uh-huh. Just to be aware. No, you have to just make sure. If you are able to kasher, kasher, you don't have to cover it. Very it's clean and you use a cutting board. Do you have to worry about the grout or can I still leave it just kashered granite? By the letter of law, that's also okay. But it's more problematic. Some people are afraid. I mean, with a kid, he's going to put something on it. It's going to lay on it. Um, and if you've been doing it for years, is it like, can you stop? You're talking about covering? Yeah. Yeah, you can stop. Okay. You, it's good to have three people to be yeah, matin nether. So. Just to know how this works. I've done it many times. You get three people that tell you that if there was a nether aspect of matin, you're nether. Yeah. If you have grout, I would suggest for you to cover it. If you don't have grout, you can, you, I mean, I cover it anyways, but it's a chumrah. Many chumras are, are are just that. When someone goes to an Airbnb, they're not eating any food in there. They're going out for meals. Do they have to cover the counters in the kitchen? But they want to put like, a box of matzah on the counter. If you're not you, if you're not eating there at all, by the letter of the law, absolutely not. You have to make sure it's very clean. Because if I'm going to an Airbnb for Pesach, when am I landing there? That's the first question. If I'm getting there the night prior, I'm a chuyif to make bedikas chametz there. If I'm getting there the day of, I'm obligated to make bedikas chametz in my house. Even if I'm selling my house, take one environment, make bedikas chametz. Take the little pieces of chalas and burn it wherever you will be. But make sure when you get there to thoroughly clean, especially the kitchen, because it could be an Airbnbs, no matter how good rating they have, that someone forgot some chametz over there, that there's some crumbs on the table. In other words, even though you're not going to eat there, I don't want to be in an environment where there's mamash chametz. What about if you go to an Airbnb? Okay, so when you go on uh, just another detail, I want to go before the cleaning. First of all, that's the same thing. If I rent an Airbnb and I get the Cholamayit, even if when I got there, the, <coughs> the, the tenant prior left some chametz or the landlord didn't make a thorough cleaning and I mamish find a little bit of chametz, I violated nothing. 
as long as I don't eat it. I didn't want it there. They did a bad job, and I'm getting rid of it. In other words, give, give, make sure that the things are clean. Hotels. Are we allowed to get rid of it? Absolutely. You're During Cholomite, move it and get rid of it. Get it out of your environment. Throw it out. Okay. It was never yours, but get, get it out of yours. I don't want to eat it. Right. I want to say like this, that we're not allowed to own chametz on Pesach. In many hotels, they have a minig that they have something called a mini bar. Right. You know, if you just pick up the bottle, you pay $19. Even if you put it back in, that's a, it's, it's like a cash machine. If anything there breaks, you're chayv to pay for it. That's the rule. Right. According to halacha, if there's something in my environment that if it breaks, I'm chayiv to pay, I own it, even though it didn't break and even though I won't end up paying for it. So it's very important when you go, which I, I, I'm always here for the shul, I never leave for the first days, but I try to go when I could for one day out. Sometimes you go to a hotel. I always ask them to empty the frigo bar. Many times they do, many times they don't, but that's enough. I told them I want to empty it. And when I get there, the first thing I do on Pesach is I open up the frigo bar, I take everything out, and I bring it to the front desk and I told them, listen, I asked of you to do it for religious reasons. I cannot have any of this in my room. And that doesn't all go to a frigo bar because many hotels, they have a bag of, uh, they have a basket, they have stuff like that. You have to tell them that it's a religious holiday, no food, no food, nothing, zero, garnished. And if it's there, just take it and give it to the front desk. And you, you, just because you touched it, you didn't do anything. You don't want it. That's what that's what you guys were asking. I would cover the table. I would yeah, I would rather make sure it's clean. Bring a bring a bring a disposable plastic tablecloth. Takes a minute, so it's not so pretty. Or maybe if you want something pretty, plastic, and then uh, material. I'm saying you can make it as nice as you want, and then you can eat it. It's better that way. You're not All of these things are. As long as you don't go crazy about it, you're good. And okay, the third big topic is the topic of the of the of the seder itself. I know that Baruch Hashem, people are married, people have husbands that run a seder. It's good. It's good for men and women to understand the basics of the seder. It has to do also with preparing for the items of the seder. They're beautiful minhagim. It's good for the mothers to become more knowledgeable, as you should be, <coughs> just to know what to tell the kids, to have a good voice on the table, which is very very important for the kindalach, especially for your daughters. No matter if the man is running the seder. So, you know, to know the items, it's amazing how the, how the Seder is, to understand more about it. Like we're very makbar and chabad when it comes to the meat. We don't have any roasted meat for the for the meals of the Seder if it's roasted with, with its own juices only. That's called pot roast. is something that we, it's a minig. In chabad, we don't have the items that go into marad and charoises. Only marad and charoises. We don't eat from Erev Pesach until the sandwich in the second Seder. I'm not talking about eggs that we eat or potatoes that we eat. I'm talking about the marer and the charoises. Charoises, we say, even though if you don't put in pears, it's apples, pears, nuts. Even though we put in wine, we can have wine. We have wine. But these three items and the, the horseradish and the romaine lettuce, which is a biggie for salads, we don't eat from out of Pesach until the sandwich of the second night. You want to have an apple compote on the second Seder? No problem. We don't have it, not on the first Seder, not on the first day. But just to be aware of these menhagim, you know, many, everyone has their menhagim, that products that they don't eat, follow your minik. It's not even that much. It's no big deal. You know, Chabad people, what does Chabad not eat? It's not, not so, we don't have cinnamon. Many people don't have garlic. But, uh... It's very doable. Chabad doesn't have garlic. Many Chabad people have garlic, just for the record. Some people don't have garlic. We don't, we don't use cinnamon on Pesach. Yeah, if you don't use it for food, don't use it for that.
Many of the many of the reasons why are not relevant today. We know that, which is why not to go crazy about it. But you know something, make your own minig. Make have some minig on Pesach. I think it's good for chinuch, for Pesach one time a year to have something that we we go take a step beyond. Garlic cinnamon, like I said, some Lubavitcher families don't have sugar, which makes life very difficult. Some Lubavitcher families don't have oil, which makes life very, very difficult. They have schmaltz. I'm saying yesh, yesh. I'm saying every family has their own chumras. Women are obligated to keep all the mitzvahs like the men of Pesach, all of them. That means you're obligated to eat matzah. You're obligated rabbinically, like the men rabbinically, to have the four cups. Ideally, both men and women should have four cups of wine. Ideally. A cup, halachically, is three and a half ounces, you're covered. I don't believe anyone here saw a cup of three and a half ounces. This is four cups. This is mastama older plus, more than the four cups of wine. And on the shul we have five ounces. Because we couldn't find, so if you can find a four ounce cup today on Amazon, buy it. It's better for you to have a smaller cup. And today with the disposables, they can be beautiful. For, for you to properly keep the mitzvah, like many people can drink wine if they would only have the, the required amount. But after having these big bechers, which is every becher is like three cups, they can't have four cups, it's too much for them, yeah. So, so three and a half, so, okay, so then I have a question. So a pregnant woman... Follow her doctor. If the doctor says she shouldn't have wine, then she should have grape juice. And then what if, okay, so here's my other thing. What about like kids? Right? So like bar mitzvah, like, it's a little bit like... Like there's kind of, but there's also like responsibility and like not encouraging drinking. So like a 13 year old or 11 year old, I mean, I, you know, I don't, know I don't mind being recorded. I always had my kids have wine. All wine. All wine. So to my knowledge, so far none of my kids are alcoholics. So far, <laughs> if they from earlier. They, they they normally told me it's too much for them. It comes from them. <coughs> See, when you tell a kid what worked for me, you can't have it. They want it. Okay. It's a mitzvah. If you can't, if it makes you dizzy, if you don't like it, have grape juice. So or mix. And all of my kids did whatever they could. Okay. Um, that could work. It worked for me. Will it work for everyone else? I don't know. Can you do grape juice? Yeah, you can use. Now, grape juice, many opinions hold that it has to be wine. But if you can't have it, like if a person, imagine you're going to have this, if a guy is going to get sicker, imagine a woman, she's running the whole show. <laughs> If she has this, she can't. She can't. There's no seder without the woman. So yeah, have grape juice. I'm saying I don't know. And same thing with kids. If you are afraid that a kid has a tendency, if the if one of the parents have a tendency to be addicted, maybe you have to ask. You know, you have to see. Normally, normally when you tell a kid you can't, it, you're ruining it. Tell a kid it's a mitzvah. If you can't, it's too it's too difficult for you. Don't do it. Okay, that's, so let's take this question out of the Seder. Well, there's many mitzvahs that are food-related. Mm-hmm. If a person can't, they can't. Now, how do you define that? What the doctor says. By, by halachically, you have to follow the doctor. Okay. And if it causes, like, real discomfort, like, if it's really not Even gluten-free. Even gluten-free, even, even, even only the first night, even, even a quarter of a matzah. I'm just going to like. Then I would tell that person to have on the first night a quarter of a matzah. And if they go to the got to to the hospital, then I would tell them next year I would apologize and tell them not to have it. I'm saying, in other words, what happens is people are very machmer. People began when I grew up. They told me that a kazais is a half a matzah. It's not true. It's not true anymore. Max, it's a third. Max. I can see from the weight things changed. 
third of a matzah is a kazais. A third of a... A third of a shmur. A third of a is, is a kazais. So for everybody, that's the same. Obviously. Yeah, the only thing is, is that whoever makes a seder plate in Chabad, the men make seder plates, not the women. But but whoever makes a seder plate will end up eating five kazaisim during the seder. Which is no big deal for me, but for people that are intolerant of bread, it's a lot. But you don't have to eat five. Eat one. Better than one is when we make the bracha. The next one is the afikoyman. If a person had those two, if you didn't, that's the mitzvah. You did the mitzvah 100%. A quarter or a third, you said? I would say I have a third. I said a quarter because if a person is sick, okay. instead, like if you can't have grape juice, if you can't have wine, have half and half. Push, push the limits. You have to also remember like this. That's another topic, not for now. We have to have a kazayas. Did you see a kazayas? We know what a kazayas looks like. An olive. That's a big question. How 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 is that? Why why is it that you need even a third of a shmurah matzah? Explain that to me. To get to a kazayas. That the olives were that much bigger. No, I. Yeah, but. Very good, because it's an ounce. So I'm asking you, is an does does an olive weigh an ounce? Does it have the weight of an ounce? You know what an ounce is? An ounce is a shot glass. Find me such an olive. Never saw in my life such an olive. I thought it was an egg. No, it's an olive. It's a, yeah, that's what I'm saying. A kibetz is the amount that you need to make the bracha. Yeah. But to, to make the bracha? Or, or to make a bracha always throughout the year. For you to make for you to make the an latilas yadayim. No, the bracha of an, you have to have a kibetz. If a person is having only a kazais of challah, even if they have less, you have to make, you have to wash your hands, and you, but you don't make the an latilas yadayim. Black and white, no one debates with that. If you're having a very small amount of bread, you don't make the al until it's your time. You wash, but you don't you wash and you make hamoitzi, <laughs> and to bench, you have to eat a kazayas. And void void, it's easy for me to say it, but to make to make the the, the hachana enjoyable and, and good, the stress and the anger, God forbid. Is anger is also midayraisa. So a person gets angry because it's not covered. Then there's an imbalance. To get that, to get. Eight of tafshilin, very good. Yafa. We'll make an eight of tafshilin this year because it goes yantiv into Shabbos. Correct. We'll make an eight of tafshilin Wednesday, and you take one baked item. We use a matzah for Pesach. One cooked item can be an egg. Eggs. All of the eggs leave in the peels. That's a different topic. The Altareba paskins. That which the Gemara says, that eggs, onion, and garlic, these three items, if they are unshelled, they are unpeeled fully, and they're left overnight, for spiritual reasons, you're not allowed to eat them. It's a danger. Sakana. Even if it's in a bag, and even if it's in your fridge, and even if it's in that drawer in the fridge that they convince you is humid-free, Miami-free. Even there, it's awesome. I just read, but put a little oil on them. Or put a little bit of oil. You can salt. put a little bit of salt. You can put a little pepper. Yeah. Um, if you're going away to a program, do you still have to make the erev tafshilin? If you if you're not planning to cook or bake any doing food, all the cooking. Are you going to be lighting a fire? You're going to be lighting a fire. I'm going to be doing nothing. <laughs> I'm just thinking about about the candles of Shabbos that you're lighting. Sorry? I'm just thinking about the Shabbos candles. Oh, that I would need an because I'm going to be lighting candles. Maybe. You don't have to do it. Someone will do it there on behalf of everyone there. You, you, no, you I'm going to do it at the program. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to do it. 
That's for that. <laughs> Correct. Okay, I think going forward, people who have questions and whatever it is, put it on the chat and then uh, it's much better that way because everyone knows this. This is just a... If you heard anything new, that means I made a big mistake. Nothing that I told you should have been new. Mm-hmm. Not I'm making things that up. That lighting yeah. candle is for me. You're it's keeping new. candles on the table for a reason. Okay. <coughs> in my china cabinet, I have my comics kilin, and now like cups and wine glasses and stuff. Do I need to cover those no. internal? You have to make you have to make some sort of reminder. It can be classy. Doesn't have to be tape. Can be tape. Just something that's not see-through. Something that when you look, you notice. Something that's normally not there. That's going to be a reminder not to go take it because you take it the whole year. Okay. That's okay to see it. Okay. okay. It can be a golden thread. So you can do something beautiful. Okay, question. Throughout the house, I have cabinets that we close for Pesach, right? I, I know there's a chametz and I close it. I clean the room. I close it. Just in case you really need chametz. I'm just, I'm just going to, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. But, closing it. but it's finding you know, I close no it, I put a tape, I stay chametz, nobody opens it. That's fine, right? So when 100% I do the bedika, fine. even though it's in the room, it's fine. Absolutely, correct. No, it's, you do the bedika once, after you designated, after you designated, this is not mine, because you are actually renting that room to the guy. You're not, you're not only, that cabinet, not only are you selling the chametz, you're renting the guy the room. Yeah, but let's say you're doing a month before, you can't go in there? Uh, well... Of course you could, because the rental you make you make you're making a contract. The contract that you're giving the rabbi, you can give the rabbi the contract a week before, but the rabbi will only sell it for Pesach. That means that prior, of course, because it wasn't sold yet, it's being sold out of Pesach. It means if someone takes it on Pesach, they're they're stealing. Now, is it okay to have like if you don't have a room and you take a like there's a chametz? Uh, cabinet in the kitchen and full of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to hold it and not sure. Okay. No problem. Okay. No problem. Okay. By the, like this, some some people are machmer not to sell chametz be'en, chametz chametz they don't have in their house at all. The Altarebbe wrote a contract that we used to sell it to a guy for the purpose of making this contract so real that we dafka sell chametz. We have chametz that we sell to the guy. Real hummus. I sell beer, I sell vodka, I sell okay, bread. Hundred percent okay, okay. It's not mine, it's mama's sold. Doesn't belong to me. It's not mine. And the location is not mine. The location is rented, the hummus is not mine. All right.